Turn the fucking flash No, I'm not doing it again. I already included it in an episode. I'm not doing it again. Alright. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 Is anybody out there? there? Is anybody there? And welcome to Screen Share, a movie podcast about pretending you're white. <laughs> My yeah. name's Calder, and I'm Adam. And this episode's on Black Klansmen, spelled with a KKK right in the middle. Yeah. Although I, I. I'm pretty sure that the way the title is on the poster, the middle K is lowercase, but the other two. So. so I think that's meant to break it up. Yeah. Um, so that's, I've, I've seen them do that at baseball games before. You might know more about this than I do, but where like K is a symbol for something. Oh, like a strikeout. A, a strikeout. So they'll do one and then they'll do two. And then they'll flip one around. Yeah. Or they'll like flip it upside down. I think that's for a different down. kind of strikeout or something. Okay. But I, I just remember watching a game one time and being like, are they about to just straight up put three Ks up there? But then they like did something to avoid it, which fun fact, we're kind of we kind of just got right into it. I don't sure. even know. Um, That's fine. Spike Lee did the Black Klansman spelling that way. The two original writers who were two white guys oh, um, just had a Black Klansman. Like, like it was Black still called Space that Klansman? because I think that was the name of the original book novel yeah well no it's not a novel i guess yeah i guess it was it was a it was written by the main character yeah, it's a, yeah. autobiography uh, biography autobiography it would be an autobiography um maybe a memoir black clansman what'd you think we didn't even do this for the last episode we didn't really do a would you think but i think we got our points across sure black clansman i really liked it a lot yeah it's it's fun it's good i i said this i watched I didn't watch it with Olivia, but she was there for like the end part when I finished it. And I was like, this is going to sound like a weird thing to say. And this kind of like wraps up my thoughts (laughs) at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to wrap up my thoughts. After this, we'll do Adam Driver. Yeah. (laughs) On the movie. This is the most fun, feel good movie about racism that I've ever seen. Because... The vibe, the style, it's just like, it's lighthearted throughout, but when it deals with dark and, uh, like, mature s- subject matter, mm-hmm. they also don't shy away from it. Yeah. Um, and I, th- it, it feels like it should be weirdly balanced. Like, it feels like it shouldn't work, but it does. And yeah. I, I think that's really impressive. And I think that's one of Spike Lee's, like, best qualities as a director is he Mm. somehow kind of makes serious topics also really fun and enjoyable yeah um so this is the first spike lee joint that we're doing on this on this podcast you know i did that because he usually says it's a spike lee joint does he yeah usually nice um and this is a late stage spike lee movie because this was his uh second most recent movie that's come out okay the most recent ones, The Five Bloods. Did you ever watch that? That was with Chad Mc- Chadwick Boseman. Yes. I didn't watch it, but I it heard was very it. good. I heard it was good. Um, kind of got snubbed at the Oscars, which I think that's where we'll start this conversation. Where sure. Spike Lee has not gotten a lot of Oscar nominations for no. being a director who's been working 
basically since like 96 or yeah. not 96 86 mm-hmm. um he this is his most nominated movie but you've got do the right thing in there you've got malcolm x in there and this is more nominated than malcolm x this, hold on i wrote this <laughs> down let's see so this movie uh has gotten three nominations six total Malcolm X uh, and Do the Right Thing are two of the greatest movies maybe of all time. Do the Right Thing got an original screenplay nomination. uh, And Malcolm X, I don't, I think maybe Denzel was nominated. Probably. But like Spike Lee didn't get any. Yeah. Spike Lee didn't get Best Director. Uh, I don't even know if it was nominated for Best Picture. Like this is, this is the one that they're giving Spike Lee all this stuff. I think it was actually nominated for Best Picture, Malcolm X. Okay. But like in terms of Spike Lee's accomplishments, this is the movie he's been most decorated for with nominations. He didn't win yeah. anything. And he's, I don't think he's ever won an Oscar. Here, Except you, for, you keep talking about it while I look it up. Um, I wrote all this shit down, but I write like a fucking freak. <laughs> uh... No, sorry, 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 sorry. His only Oscar win is for this movie, and it's for adapted screenplay. Everything else, which Do the Right Thing was an original Oscar nomination, um, he didn't win that. Yeah, this is his only win. this was his first time being nominated for Best Director. Okay. Which is just insane. Like, this is a good movie. Yeah. But how do you not nominate Do the Right Thing? When yeah. it comes out, it's his like third movie, one of the greatest movies, um, and that was. I don't know. It's it came out at this weird point in history where like. A couple years later, John Singleton becomes the first black director na- nominated for best director, mm-hmm. and also the youngest. He's twenty four years old. Nice, but like it should have gone. That should have been something that Spike Lee got. Not to take anything away from John Singleton, but like, do the right thing. You you should give whoever made that movie a best director nomination. I have not seen Do the Right. It's thing. incredible. Okay, um, I believe you. He's also the main character of it, which I think is one of the weak points. He well, plays that's, the main character. I wouldn't be surprised if that played a part in. But like, it's also just like history is wrong. Like the history of the Oscars is wrong for oh, not yeah, having. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and this was. This was also a weird year in general for the Oscars because this was the Green Book year. Yeah, we were just looking at it before recording, so like, and there were some a couple options that seemed a little bit better than there was the Black Green Panther. Book, also, there was yeah, another one Black that I Klansman, pointed out. Yeah, there was one other one that. But like Green Book's not the best movie of this year. It's kind of dog, dog water. <laughs> John David Washington didn't get best le- nominated for best lead this That's year. What I. I when watching this, I was like, how did he not get anything for this? Yeah. And he's, he's, he's great. He's got a very interesting career mm-hmm. because he kind of bursts onto the scene with this. Like he was in ballers. He was in a couple other things, but like, this is his first big thing. Mm-hmm. He does this. Uh, and then he does tenant after this. Yeah. And then he does Malcolm and Marie. Then he does Beckett, which is like, a fine political thriller Netflix movie. Okay. Then he does Amsterdam. Yeah. And now he's got some sci-fi movie coming out. But like essentially th- a 
Nolan movie that he's good in. Yeah. And then three kind of stinkers that people don't really like. And then this. Yeah. But this was before the Nolan movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, So he's like, great that we have a new leading man. We have this guy. And he's related to Denzel Washington. Cool. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he can do action. He can be like, maybe he's an action star. And then it's like, oh, oh, he's in the weird Sam Levinson movie. Yeah. Oh, he's in this, he's poorly used in this political thriller kind of thing. Yeah. And oh, he's in an absolute dog shit Amsterdam movie. <laughs> um, he's yeah. a very interesting person. Yeah. Well, I like, we'll, we'll get into more of like his performance as we go deeper on this movie, but I thought he was like really good in it. I think that he kind of carries a lot of the the more lightheartedness in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, kind of the absurdity of the clan members yeah. kind of works as comedy because you're just like, no way, man. There's an incredible Paul Walter Hauser yeah. uh, thing, which is continuing our thread of I think you should leave references where... Yeah. He loves his wife. He loves his wife. Yeah. Um, and the, I literally wrote down the guy who loves his wife is a KKK <laughs> member. And I find that. Who funny. do you think he hates more? Black people or Jamie Taco? He probably hates Jamie Taco. I think more. So, it's hard not to hate Jamie Taco for stealing his lines. Yeah. Because he says the lines. He's just quicker. He says the lines. He just faster. says the lines before I can say them and they become his line. <laughs> She's like, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but I like a lot of the lighthearted humor comes from John David Washington mm-hmm. and then how he interacts with these clan members, the clan members over the phone. And mm-hmm. then also how he interacts with Adam Driver and his and the other guy that's there who got his first Oscar nomination for this movie. Adam Driver did. Yeah. Nice. Which because this this would have been the year before Marriage Story, right? Two years. Two years. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then the year after this, he does Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But it's good. Um, This is like, this is a strange part in his, this is at a strange point in his career. Mm -hmm. Where it's after The Last Jedi where people like generally didn't like the movie. Yeah. Um, Even like, now it's kind of calmed down. There was a lot of like... There was a lot of like vitriol. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. But I think still people have general story problems with that movie sure um but i i think generally people believed that he was good in it yeah like i'm i'm pretty sure pretty consistently through the star wars sequel sequel trilogy whether people like the movies or not everyone agreed that he was really good mm-hmm. um but yeah i do remember being really excited when he was nominated for this um didn't win didn't win um, but it was an exciting nomination. Yeah. So it comes after that. And then he's like, like, it's a weird movie to follow a Disney movie with where like <laughs> yeah. he's playing a well, clansman. I wouldn't be surprised if that's points. part of why he did it. Mm-hmm. Cause he has said in interviews before that he was really hesitant to take the Kylo Ren role because he didn't want to, uh, be kind of pigeonholed into this yeah. franchise idea and he didn't want to be part of something that wasn't done right mm-hmm. um, and also like with a lot of the Marvel people they don't let their actors do things kind of like this yeah. outside of the Marvel stuff because then it hurts their 
image in the greater culture sure. of whatever. But like, like Chris Evans. Sure. You take Chris Evans. He's not really doing interesting things between being becoming Captain America and Endgame. No, he basically like he does just did Captain America. Yeah, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is kind and of. And then he it. did uh, Knives Out, but that was like that was near like the after. end of his time. Yeah. yeah. But like Adam Driver, even like after The Force Awakens, he's in Patterson, which is like a small indie movie. He's in The Mirrorwood Stories, which is a no bomb back movie. Logan Lucky, then Last Jedi, then this, then The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which is like a strange Terry Gilliam movie that failed. The Report, which is about like government political drama shit. The yeah. Dead Don't Die, which is like a another strange indie movie. And then Marriage Story. Like no one, none of the Marvel heroes really have a resume like no. that between it, the big tentpole stuff they've done. Ad, Adam Driver managed to somehow, instead of being the guy from Star Wars, is in these other things. He pretty quickly turned things around into. It's kind of crazy that Adam Driver's in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was truly like a cons. I don't know if this is the right word. A concerted effort. I think he was making an effort, but like, yeah, it's, it's not out of line with what he was doing before he was in Star Wars. Cause no. he always tried to, like, he always did work with great directors. Like his fifth movie was Lincoln. His fifth major movie. He was in Lincoln for a bit. Yeah. He was at, when he was in Lincoln, I could have made you watch played, Lincoln for this. <laughs> he played Samuel Beckworth Beckwith. Um, he was in Francis Ha, which is like one of the more famous Noah Baumbach movies. Yeah. He was in an Oliver Stone movie. He was in a Coen Brothers movie. Um, he was in a Sean Levy movie. You like Sean Levy? <laughs> what? Listing him along like Scorsese <laughs> and Spielberg? Yeah. But yeah, he's he's got like a great director's resume. Not like mm -hmm. as a director, obviously, but like a great resume of yeah. directors he's worked with. Um, I'm not sure I've heard of anything he's been in where he's been a problem in it. Um yeah. We'll see with 65. <laughs> no. No, I'm sure no, he's going to be great in that, no, man. No, 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 this was supposed to go. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just pushing the reset button. He just shoved his big toe in my belly button. I said shoved, but it was still in there while I was saying that. <laughs> Uh, so this movie made $93 million okay. on a $15 million budget. 50? 15. Oh, 15. Yeah. Very nice. Um, and was produced by Jordan Peele and his company, mm -hmm. Monkey Paw, and among others, but Jason Blum, Blumhouse. Mm -hmm. um, and they put the title things at the end Yeah. because they kind of get... So let's start talking about the movie. They kind of get right into it with this like Alec Baldwin thing. Yeah. Um, and they kind of have some title screens coming up, but they're yeah. kind of like, but it's mostly just it's like pretty we're in it. Yeah. Like there's not even, they don't even flash the production companies before. Mm -hmm. Like Nolan movies get right into it, but they usually have like Warner brothers. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And that, that Alec Baldwin thing is like really weird, but sets the tone really well where it's like, he's fucking up. But he's saying, like, horrible things. Well, it kind of just paints just like, the picture line. that, like, these racists are, like, p 
passionate and angry, but don't know what they believe what they're saying. Yeah, but they actually don't know what they're talking about, and they're stupid, (laughs) and they're stupid, and they're unorganized. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Like you kind of see the Alec Baldwin thing because he's like. We need to reinstate the pure white America. But mm-hmm. he messes up the lines. It was like, fuck, what was it? Shit. And he like says it again. And you're like, man, this guy's a loser. <laughs> so that, that kind of sets up later when you're like, oh, wow. Like they're infiltrating the clan and they go in and it's just a bunch of drunk, angry guys. <laughs> yeah. And it, you kind of just realize that like... I don't know. I feel like it just paints a picture of like how stupid it is. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where the they like are able to pull humor in mm-hmm. because they could make it about how dangerous the clan is. And they yeah. do talk about that. And near the end, it sort of like really puts that message to the forefront with the oh, yeah. montage of like the Charlottesville stuff. Cause Which that was, very I didn't really, I did not time. expect them to end with like, I didn't see their stuff. Yeah. I didn't either. The first time I watched it, cause this was a rewatch for me. Yeah. But the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. And then they like cut in the Trump stuff. Well, cause they, they like end on this positive note where it's like, yeah, we were able to Trump these guys. Trump's mm-hmm. maybe the wrong word to use yeah. right after you overcome Trump. these guys. We're, we're able to like beat these guys, expose them. Like things are moving in the right direction and it's kind of this happy note. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of weird. We're kind of just jumping to the end here, but like where, uh, there's a knock on their name? door. Ron is the main character's name. Yeah. Ron Stallworth. Ron. And then his, uh, partner, Patrice, Patrice, uh, they, Laura Harrier plays her. Yeah. And she's very good in it. Yeah. She's great. Um, but they like hear a knock at the door and they pull their guns out. They do a sick dolly shot Dude, down okay. the hallway. We'll talk about it. I'll we'll talk about that. that in a bit. I did write something down about that. But <laughs> but like they they do this cool dolly shot of them like with guns about to answer the door. And I was like, what's going on? But outside their door, there's just a cross burning. A cross burning ceremony. I guess ceremony. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um. Some KKK cult shit. Well, yeah, they're just like, they've been burning crosses for a while. Yeah. So I was like, wait, is this happening right now? But then it kind of immediately transitioned into current day stuff. So I saw it more, like, less in a literal sense, like, that that actually happened. And more that it was them kind of seeing that even after all the work they'd done, these people still exist. These people are still doing and saying horrible things. Mm -hmm. Even, like... 30 40 50 60 years later yeah and there's still I know like, it's long even longer than that yeah. also but like well it, this was 70s right so it's yeah. like 50 years ago yeah um but there's still that looming threat kind of in the background in the in the hills outside of where we think we're safe yeah there's still that threat of like these guys like the trumps like the david dukes who they show yeah. at the in the end of the montage which is seeing i'd never seen who who david duke no, looks I like either. or sounds like as soon as they showed a clip of him i was like topher grace was a perfect <laughs> yeah. casting for <laughs> so good he's so good everyone in this movie so good mm-hmm. like dude the kkk I, members play play it so well yeah can i quickly finish the the ending bits oh yeah sorry, on sorry it just it felt like a bit of a like punch in the gut mm-hmm. to be like yeah they did all this work to make things better and then it's like oh also 
especially from when this movie came out compared to watching it now. Mm-hmm. But being like, oh, by the mm-hmm. way, these things are actually still happening. Mm-hmm. They they have a different like look, but it's it's the same stuff. Yeah, it's just taking a bit of a different form, and it just kind of. Yeah, it does a bit of a punch in the gut to be like, none of, not that none of the accomplishments in the movie mattered, because they absolutely mattered. They're saving lives and making progress. Mm -hmm. But it just feels like, man, it didn't. It It didn't have the intended effect. Yeah, it, it, it like cut the problem but it didn't fully like uproot the problem it's it's still prevalent it's still here Mm -hmm. and i think that that was a really strong way to end it especially starting with the alec baldwin thing and then ending with that Mm -hmm. i just feel like i don't know i like that it showed because spike lee also does a lot of documentary work like he made Mm -hmm. a katrina documentary that was like it's like this big thing about big long whole thing um but like that's some of the more most clear footage I've seen of a lot of yeah those events because we we followed them yeah while they were happening but like the Charlottesville specifically the the, the car, car yeah. footage is like it's brutal it's really Ugh. brutal like even watching like I'd seen clips of that before yeah. But watching it, it was just so clear. It was so big on my TV. Yeah. I saw angles that I hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, man. And then the people talking about it after where it's like not the news reporter footage, but like. Just people talking. Just the people footage. Yeah. 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 And it was like right after. It's Mm -hmm. literally a guy talking to a camera. Saying with he had people to jump on out of the, the ground behind him, mm-hmm. being like, I almost got hit by a car. I had to jump out of the way. There's people behind me. Don't know if they're going to be okay. And yeah. one of them obviously was not okay and mm-hmm. died. Because um, it's like you hear about that and you're like, it's so difficult to kind of connect your brain to that thing when you're just yeah. like seeing a clip and a news headline and like, okay, something happened. I'm, I'll watch the clip, but, like, it doesn't connect in the same way that it connects when you watch it in the way that Spike has compiled this footage. Yeah, and especially coming after the entire, like, story that we just yeah. watched. It kind of just, like, emphasizes it. But, yeah, it's really hard not to watch clips of these things that happen, like, and have been happening in the past, like, ten years or so, and not just be like, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. Because there's not really much that you can... There's no, like, human thing. Like, there is a human thing, but, like, you've seen so much shit on your phone. It's so disconnected. It's just, like, it's it's kind of nothing. Yeah. Because the, the shit on your phone means nothing Yeah. at this point. Like, like, especially since the way that a lot of people get that kind of information now is through social media. Yeah. So it's like, you're scrolling, looking at the most mindless garbage for hours, and then you come across something like that, and you might stop for a second, you mm-hmm. might process it differently, but it's still, like, I, I was gonna... It's c- just juxtaposed with, like, a Kylie Jenner ass pick, or, like, yeah. some other bullshit that's not meaningful at all. So then going from like, this is like, I'm seeing this, that doesn't mean anything. And then we scroll to something that actually does mean something. It's hard to flip your brain back onto that, especially when you're kind of 
doing it like a zombie when you're scrolling. It's like looking for an egg in a go- in a silo full of golf balls. I, you know, <laughs> brother, you got me there. <laughs> slap me some, slap me some skin right there. Slap Ow. me some skin. Hold on. One more time. Ow! Ow! So the dolly shot. Yeah, that's got. They do be it twice. The double where they pull the pull them with him. Yeah, that's the first time. No, there, there's one time earlier in the movie. I could have sworn it. Maybe, but the the one I know the best and remember all the time is the at the very at end. at the very end. Yeah. That's one of my favorite shots in all of cinema. It's is, very cool. and it's like Spike's iconic shot. It's in a, I think almost all of his movies. Um, so it. The way that this dolly shot is pulled off, it's either called the double dolly or like the float I've seen it referred to as. The actors are on a dolly, the camera's on a dolly, and they're moving backwards at the same time. Yeah. So the actors are posed, but they're not moving like they're walking, but everything around them is moving, which gives it a really cool effect. Yeah. It's sort of dolly zoom-esque and like how surreal it is and how it sh- sort of affects the background mm-hmm. of the characters um but some we'll talk about some other iconic shots that directors have so for Spielberg there's like the Spielberg face where people are like eyes wide mouth open looking at something awestruck mm-hmm. yeah like ET going home or like the ship in uh what's the fucking one with the aliens Contact, three, contact, oh, fifth oh, kind, oh, something. Oh, oh. Why can't I remember this? Dude, dude, it's right there. It's right at the end. Encounter? No. Something. Oh, man. Contact. I don't fucking know. I know what you're talking about. Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yes. There it is. Um, <laughs> when, when they're looking at the spaceship and it's like, whoa, it's like, oh. Like yeah. that kind or of like thing. Or like even in Indiana Jones when they like look at the yeah. Ark of the Covenant or whatever. There's, it's tr- like in yeah. almost all of them. It's yeah. the shot he loves. And it's like a low angle of them looking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarantino's trunk shot is another one where it's like, it's not always in a trunk, but it's two characters looking down at something at an extreme low angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Kubrick stare mm-hmm. and then you've got the Hitchcock dolly zoom. And I, can I add one more? Yeah, of course. This is this is a more television director. Yeah. But Vince Gilligan, who did Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, he loves doing the, like, in a toilet shot or in a bag that someone's looking in shot. Mm-hmm. Where just, like, it's characters looking down at something or, like, yeah. shoveling dirt onto the camera, that kind of thing. He lo- loves to do that kind of thing. Nice. Just want to add that. That's yeah. just one I know of. So, like, those are all iconic things. Mm-hmm. But I think this one's just, like, the coolest. Yeah. Because it's so surreal, but, like, it always gives a haunting effect. Because it's like they're ghosts. It's like well, they're yeah, ghosts they, floating they're through stepping. time. They're yeah. just moving. Yeah. Um. This is a great movie. I loved it. I think one of the things that I also really like is... And he, he does... He's tackled this topic in some of his other films... But is like really the foundation of racism in Hollywood, like with the birth of a nation shit. Yeah. Um, which I did some a little math. And in 1915, the low end of that box office for that movie was 50 million. Mm-hmm. And if you convert 50 million in inflation, like adjust it for now. Yeah. It's like 1.4 billion. Okay. The high end is a hundred million for what that might have made because they were kind of selling it in a different way back then. 
So that could have been like, I think that was probably the first billion dollar movie. Is yeah. this like extremely racist movie that was like, it's a hard thing to say, but it's like one of the more innovative movies. One of like the first major feature films. It was probably like the first blockbuster. Sure. Um, and that's like the bedrock of what cinema is. Yeah. That's <laughs> the first blockbuster was an incredibly racist film. Um, and I think Spike sort of like, he's obviously known that throughout his entire career. Yeah. And he's commented on it before, but like the way he is like so clear, which I think is something that he does a lot in this movie where he's just like very mm-hmm. forthright about what he's trying to say instead yeah. of trying to be like coy, coy or like, like trying to be subliminal about yeah. it, which I think is a product of the times where he's like, no, I need to like actually say it. I can't just like put it in there. Yeah. Um, I think him actually like calling that out is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, because like in film history classes, birth of a nation is like a touchy topic. Cause you can't not talk about it. Yeah. And like, you can't show it in film history classes, but like, it's one of those things where, like, you probably should see it if you're really interested in film history. I'm sorry, but I just kicked the table. It's fine. But, like, it's like... It's like reading history books or, like, philosophy books by people who are just, like, fucking wrong. The worst. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, like, like you should still read them to understand the context and history of this subject if that's what you're interested in learning about. Yeah. I mean, like, Olivia will be reading a philosophy book and I'll just be like, how's the book? And she'll be like... Oh, I disagree with everything that this person is saying. Yeah. Um, it's like horrible. And that I, I, I do agree to an extent that like, if you're, if you're doing, I feel like you can watch something and be like, this was not good mm-hmm. to make. Yeah. <laughs> However, the impact that it had, I mean, you could do the same thing with like music. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Jackson was immensely impactful. Yeah probably a bad guy mm-hmm. um or at least guy who did bad thing probably yeah. um but you're you can still listen to his music and be like it's not mm-hmm. exactly a one-to-one comparison like you're a big remix to ignition fan don't know what you're talking about r kelly mm. i think that's r kelly Here, well <laughs> here's an r kelly example he did uh what's the song he did about rain Uh, As it turns out, I was talking about I believe I can fly, but to spare you having to listen to me try to figure that out, I'm just going to cut it out entirely. All right. I got to look it up. Um, so I, I like that Spike is a lot more like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't get, I like that Spike's a lot more like forthright with his points. And there's a point in the movie where, well, the, 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 the scene where they're watching birth of a nation, it's like, they he barely shows the footage mm-hmm. like he shows it's a little bit of them watching it. yeah it's mostly them watching it and being like like loving and they're it. reacting like it's a fucking end game opening weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the 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 theater watching birth of a nation in this movie is louder than fucking force awakens opening night when i went and saw it it's in, it's like the the video i don't even know what movie's playing but it's just like he did a flip and it's just a move the start of a movie and a guy's like 
does a flip in the hallway of the movie theater and it's like what the fuck is happening i have no idea what you're talking i don't about. fucking know either it's like the start of <laughs> scream 2 sure haven't seen that one yet yeah i know you haven't all right i like one thing i liked a lot mm-hmm. adam just muted me for a while so that's why i wasn't <laughs> talking irl i muted. um it. i like how they mix patricia's or not patrice's patrice. audio patricia patricia you ever seen that video nope where she's like drops the gun or something and then she yells at her and she says patricia so your mom's got lunch uh, i like how they mix patrice's audio to be like a little louder in group scenes yeah so like when she's singing I you can like that, yeah. hear her and it's not auto-tuned or anything mm-hmm. over everyone else or like when um kwame ture yeah kwame ture, who was play i don't know the actor's Corey name hawkins but he as soon as he came on screen i was like was that dr dre because he played dr dre in uh straight out of compton he's really good he and he's really, good really in this good. movie well yeah um but when he's doing his speech you can like hear her a little more well, you, specifically you hear than just like general else. crowd like ooh, yeah, ooh, but you hear her go yes yeah yes <laughs> i like how they did that same i think it just emphasizes the importance of i think it's also just like that's what john david washington's focusing on yeah right he's like into her uh you know what else did you like about this movie? There's like a ton of fun scenes. Well, it, like figuring out the investigation is a really fun scene. Well, I love any time he's on the phone with anybody. That's good. And he's just like pretending to be a white guy. And I, I love the thing of uh, Topher Grace playing mm-hmm. David Duke being like, you know what I love about you? I love that I can tell that you're a, you're a white purebred guy. white American. Yeah. Mostly because of the way you talk. <laughs> and he's like, and then that comes back later uh-huh. so that he can make him look like a complete goofster. Yeah. I, I did love him just like dunking on David Duke by being like, yeah, that black detective that you hated, guess who he is? And he's just like, it's me. But then he hangs up the phone and it's so triumphant. And then it just cuts to David Duke sitting in his office alone, just <laughs> silent and sad. And I just really liked that parallel because it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, what the, the, this guy's life is sad and embarrassing. It's like the parallel of um, at the near the end when there's like the speech going on, mm-hmm. but there's also the KKK members like getting set up for their whatever the fuck they're supposed to do. They're, I think they were trying to they were trying to bomb uh, the student union. Well, I think they were Patrice's trying to bomb house? the protests, but then the... Plan B was Patrice's house? Yeah, plan B was to just bomb Patrice's house. Like, when... Their plan is so, like, stupid and convoluted. But, dude, it was so satisfying. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know where the bomb is. Because I thought they still had it. So I thought when they set it off, it was, was going to blow, blow up. Her. I thought it was going to blow up her and then, kind of by proxy, because she was near him, blow up Ron. Yeah. But, then but she it put just, it on the car. She, she put it... I guess she'd already put it in the car. Mm-hmm. No, she like... So there's a shot of her running away from the beetle, and it looks like she kind of stuffed something in the wheel well. Yeah, but I assumed that she was trying to get it and then saw a car coming and, and went, then ah, left. and ran. Because yeah. um, I guess her plan was that... I don't when know. She, when she came out and got back in her car, she was going to I mean, 
It was just so satisfying. Not to give them tips, but just drop the bag at the door. Yeah. Get rid of the bag. And then they go, what is this bag? And then blow it up. Yeah. Like, not to give, like you said, not to give (laughs) racist terrorists tips. But the guy says, literally just put it next to the wall of the house. Yeah. And you're fine. Well, her her whole character is, like... She's a pick-me girl. Well, a little bit. (laughs) But, like, she she just has no idea what she's doing. Yeah. Um... But, uh, yeah, I, it was just so satisfying to see them, like, uh, what was the, the main guy's, the main racist's name? Uh, Felix. Felix, yeah. He was, oh, like, the, the worst the, of them. Yeah. Uh, not, not that, not that <laughs> there's a worse, I guess there is, like, a worse racist. They're all bad, but he was, like, The one really that's, like, bad. trying to commit domestic terrorism. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he... He just looks so smug as he's about I to press the I think he's Swedish or something, too, which probably may- is why. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, it's like Swedish people have a hard look to them. Like the Scars Guards. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. they've got a, they, they've got a, like, look. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess, like, it's a blonde hair, blue eyes kind of deal. And, like, skinny. Yeah. Yeah, like, a, yeah. But... He just looks so smug as he's about to blow up <laughs> yeah, he's like, her house. This and then they just get absolutely totaled by this bomb. And it was very satisfying. Also, I just love Adam Driver showing up and seeing them arresting Ron. Mm-hmm. And then being like, what the fuck are you doing? And then them being like, wait, this guy's a cop? And I'm being like, yeah, you stupid, dumb fucking idiot. He comes <laughs> out with like, a gun, too. Yeah. And they don't even look, look at him and like, oh, this guy's got a gun. Yeah. Which is kind of telling. Yeah, and I like how Ron's just like it's in my front pocket. It's in my front pocket, and they don't care. Yeah, obviously, well, because I think they wanted him to reach for it so that mm-hmm. they could think he's reaching for a gun so they could yeah. shoot him. But, but then, then he doesn't. He, cause he doesn't because he's smart mm-hmm. and knows what they'll do. So he says to get the pocket. So they're like, I guess we'll just pin him to the ground and beat the shit out of him. It's so Love it's that. It, it was infuriating, which is why I loved when Adam Driver showed up and is like, "You guys are actually <laughs> stupid." Um. In general, I really like Adam Driver and John David Washington's characters, like... Interplay? Interplay. Mm -hmm. I was going to say camaraderie. Sure. But I just think they work really well together. I think that Adam Driver is, like, so good as the guy who's clearly actually a good guy, but has to pretend to be a racist. Mm -hmm. Like, it just kind of works. Yeah. Um, And... There's so much tension in this movie with, like, them suspecting Adam Driver and them, like, then learning about what's actually yeah. going on. It's, like, so many things could have gone wrong. Um, I don't know. I just I just really love it. And I didn't feel like... Like, when watching Silence, I enjoyed the movie. Like, it was very good. But I wasn't having a fun time. Because the subject matter was very heavy. But this is just a fun movie. Well, yeah, the subject matter in this movie is heavy, but also it's really fun, which mm-hmm. sounds weird to say. Yeah. But it's just, uh, he, Spike Lee strikes the perfect balance where there was there was never a moment where I was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I was stressed, but then it would kind of like move to the next thing and, and have you a put your baby jokes. sensory videos baby sensory videos on yeah calm watch down like a little the bit little pineapples jump around you crawl into olivia's lap get a little cuckoo get a little uh um, get a little cuckoo yeah get a little like uh, susu in your mouth that's what you were trying to yeah. say 
Get a little susu. Get a little goo goo gaga. Get a little scratch. A little head scratch. Yeah. Start purring. Of- and then you just, then you go back for another five ten minutes and then go back. <laughs> yeah, I could I could only watch this movie in five minute increments and then I had to get a susu in my mouth. <laughs> um, I one thing I don't love is how like neatly it's tied up because there is the one ending where it's like it's kind of tied up neatly they get that one cop arrested mm-hmm. everyone's like that. you love that well i i just love that they got that cop arrested. i do too but it feels a little like oh also hey fuck this guy yeah like it doesn't feel like it's planned yeah. really or like like it i feel did like feel a little bit just like insert i feel like we need like one more scene yeah or something to set that up um yeah but like i think the ending is a little rocky because it shifts tones a fair amount and it's trying to do a fair amount in like 10 minutes it's trying to do a lot in 10 minutes yeah where it goes from like the triumphant oh we did the thing with the clan we got that figured out we arrested that guy um but the investigation is shut down mm-hmm. but and they're being he might get transferred to another unit yeah. and Oh, oh, there's a knock at the door. Oh, he's but even before that, it's like, oh, he's nostalgic because he's wrapping up like all of his s- reports and stuff mm-hmm. from this investigation. So he's like looking at his name on a mm-hmm. clan membership card, and yeah. he's like, man, I can't believe we just did this, and he's feeling good. But then there's a knock h- at the door. His partner is like, oh. I don't know if I can do this because right. you're a cop, and I just don't think it aligns with me being the head of the student union. Yeah. And then he's like, what? And then there's the knock at the door. And then there's a cross burning. And then there's... Then there's the montage. It does kind of jump around a lot in the last, like, 20th of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a very short part where it just feels like it lost focus a little bit. And there's nothing that happens that I dislike. I just wish there was a way to, like, smooth it out a little bit. Like, I feel like some of those things could have been solved earlier in the movie than they were yeah or like honestly i think they were i think once there's a knock at the door i don't have a problem with the pacing no because i think that it's an interesting way to do that's a good way to current events thing without just fading to black at the end and then putting text up that's like these kinds of things are still happening today yeah and do the thing it was much more interesting but it's like the 10 minutes before that yeah where you just kind of like Tying up six loose ends quickly. Yeah. And like, I it, I just found that kind of like on a rewatch, like, oh, the movie flows so well. Yeah. Up until like literally the last like 10 minutes. Yeah. Kind of. It's it's kind of John Wick-esque, just not as Not the bad. entire second half. <laughs> yeah. But just like where it's like, wow, this is like perfectly paced and perfectly edited. It's like mm. flowing so well. And then all of a sudden it's not. I wonder if that's like a difference in editors or something. Like, I wonder what the reason for that is. Maybe it just, I don't know. I I, I don't really know. I think it's just like, it's hard. It's hard to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard. Because like you want to see that guy get justice served to him. But like, it it, it would have felt a little bit of like a bummer if he just like got away yeah. with doing those things. But, like, I feel like that might also be more realistic. Yeah. Because that last scene where they do arrest him feels a bit like, 
a it, fantasy thing because even the like head sergeant comes out but yeah, you don't expect, expect the, head the head sergeant, sergeant to be to on out. their side that and like obviously he deserved to be arrested and did bad yeah. things um but i was like what are they what are the charges yeah because i guess they got a confession from him that he wishes that they had died instead of the clan members I don't know but if you can that arrest a, someone for that, though. Yeah, I don't... It, it was a little confusing. Like, here's the thing. In reality, they could find something. Like, yeah. he's clearly well, he a crooked a cop. He's a bad yeah. guy. Um, But it just felt like they got him, but I'm not really sure what they... If they got like, him with I guess enough to convict sexual him. Right? Assault. Like, they said sexual harassment. So, like, he admitted to feeling her up while after he pulled her over, but, like... I don't know if that stands in court also. It just introduces a lot of questions that don't have answers and adds a bump that I didn't need. It's a triumphant scene, but like I need one more before that for me to understand why and how they're doing this. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them doing that. In fact, I want, I'm glad that they did. It It just felt like, yeah, like they they just gave us the moment without giving us everything around it. Yeah, I agree. Um, now that on was the, the note that's of the that only guy, thing I on. on the note of that guy, yeah, he did have a quote I liked, of course, where he was talking to uh, to Ron when Ron was just working in the like file area, like when like when he was. I just think we might his... have the same quote. He says, "I heard you think you're hot shit, but you're nothing but a cold." <laughs> I fart. literally wrote that down too. <laughs> I just I just remember him delivering that and me being like. I think he delivered that like he thought it was a sick burn, <laughs> but it's like kind of just goofy. Dude, imagine farting and it being like chilly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being like, ah, it's like you ate a mint with your ass or yeah. something. Honestly, I, now I'm kind of curious if that's even possible. We could, we could test that out after this. Um, But also, I like how as soon as he leaves after that scene, Ron just starts like... <laughs> punching the air mm-hmm. and doing like fighting <laughs> he does like karate he beat or him something? up yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like dwight shrew and he does that again at the end of the movie but with adam driver yeah. after they've like succeeded where he walks in and adam driver starts throwing shit at him and he's blocking it with a binder or something but i don't know i just thought it was funny that as soon as he left he's just like <laughs> like punch in the air i thought it was funny um one actor that i really liked was ryan eggold who played walter breachway the like the main... guy with the glasses yeah, yeah, yeah. the kkk he's on new amsterdam now i don't know oh, if yeah. you've seen an ad for that i've not seen it but he's like mostly a tv guy mm-hmm. kind of looks like someone that we used to know uh, we can talk about that off pod sure yeah we can. but he looks like someone he always reminds me of someone that we used to know but i think he's incredible in this movie yeah I think and i wish really he good. was in more shit because here's the thing i think you need him a little bit because mm-hmm. he we kind of get the varying levels of racist. There's absolute fucking brain dead idiot with Paul Walterhausen. Who yeah, like where he can just barely an string a drunk. sentence together. Yeah, and then there's violent freak with yeah. This... There's guy. Well, yeah, because Felix is just like straight up like psychotic racist. Yeah. Wal- uh, Walter. Walter. Well, I was gonna do the Iron Ho. What's who, what's the guy from? I think you should leave. You Iron just Ho, said Iron Ho, Paul Walterhausen. Yeah, his character is just a drunk. I don't even know if he's like actually racist. I think he just likes being around these guys. <laughs> I think he just likes being with the boys. Yeah, because he doesn't really talk about 
um, he like, just kind of hating anybody things, much. But he then just he'll... talks about the cross burnings, and then one time he's talk, he's just like saying, "I hate them" over and over without really giving reasons. And then, then he goes, like, "But they can dance." Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think this guy actually hates anybody. I think he's just like around a bunch of dudes who hate people. Well, yeah, I think he just like has nothing in his life mm-hmm. except these guys, so he just. He's Jamie like, Taco took everything from him. Yeah, Jamie Taco took everything. And then there's the like but, intellectual. Yeah, then there's I say Walter, that in quotes. In quotes, yeah. Intellectual. Where he guy. he's kind of like he just says everything that Felix is saying, but he kind of says it in a Buttoned more eloquent, way. like professional way, mm-hmm. so that it seems more reasonable. Yeah, not that it seems reasonable, obviously, no. but like. It, it makes sense why he'd be the leader of this group. Because mm-hmm. you're like, he actually... He has a fucked up brain, but at least he has a brain. Yeah. So... And he's not a complete psychopath. Yeah. Like, the two qualifications are... Be able to speak like a normal human and not be a psychopath. Well, it's like how when Felix, like, is planning the whole bomb thing, mm-hmm. it's him... Uh, the other guy, I don't know what that other guy's name is. Yeah. The guy who just randomly shows up at one point, uh, <laughs> halfway through. The I think I've seen that act. He's one of those actors where it's like, I think I've I seen think him he was in, in the MCU. Things. I think I might be wrong. I, I mean, he might be like, who knows? I feel like everyone's been in the MCU. That's true. But, uh, I'm almost then, uh, I just forgot his name again. I think you should Paul Walter Hauser, Paul Walter Hauser. He's also there. So it's just I think them. he won an Oscar, too. Not for this. Sure. But he... Here's the thing. I saw him in I Think You Should Leave. That was the first thing I ever saw him in. And since then, I've realized he's in a lot of things. Oh, yeah. He's in... You, you don't watch Always Sunny. No. But one of his early roles is as, like, a kid in Always Sunny. Where, like... He's got this weird scene with Charlie where they're, like, watching porn or something. Okay. And Charlie's like, yeah, that's how... Uh, that's um sex right there and he's like yeah i know what sex is guy (laughs) and like that's the first early thing i know him from yeah but he got a lot of acclaim off richard jewell do you remember that movie no i think that might be a clint was he in this is us as well or no that was that not him (sighs) i don't think that was him okay but anyway so back to black klansman there's a reason they leave Walter out of that plan because they know that Walter would be like, no guys, we're not going to, we're not going to bomb a student union. Yeah. That's not what we do. Yeah. Cause he, he seems like he's more the David Duke route of let's like, let's make it a legitimate organization and yeah. get into government and yeah. affect it that way instead of let's cause violence and chaos. Yeah. Um, all bad. But it it's kind of I just think very... We don't have to keep saying that. Like, you can keep saying that, but I hope people know by this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're not agreeing with these guys. I just mean, like, talking about Walter and being like... He's, he's like, not a crazy racist makes mm-hmm. it seem like we're saying he's not a racist. Yeah. Certainly is, though. Certainly is a racist. Um, now, there was one other thing I just wanted to real quick bring up. Uh... I like the Sarge, not the yeah like guy in charge, but the mm-hmm. guy who's in between the like. You can tell that he's got some sort of conflicting feelings because mm-hmm. there are points where he's like really on their side, but then there's points where he's like, "Fuck, guys! Like, what? Are, what the fuck are you doing?" Just because yeah. like he needs it to go well and he supports them, but like 
Yeah, kind like of he, fucked it up. He wants them to do it, and he supports what they're trying to do. But he also knows that if they screw it up, like they're they'll all be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. But I I just like him because <laughs> even the one scene where Ron is talking on the phone with David Duke. And the Sarge is just sitting there laughing at the things that are being said. <laughs> and he, like, spits out his coffee. And it's like, he seems like he'd be a great boss. Mm-hmm. And he's just as upset as the rest of the guys are when the investigation is shut down at the yeah. end. Although, I was kind of like, they can't really convin- continue the investigation in the same way anyway. Because no. they've kind of exposed themselves and their true identities. But, like, they can do something. Because I, I think the problem is that they were fully shutting down the whole investigation thing. into yeah. the... Kick I was going to say the organization. But that's what they <laughs> want to call it. Into the clan. Um, but, like, when I was watching with Olivia and I was like, man, this like this sucks. And she's like, doesn't it just, like, boil your blood, man? And I was like, yeah. Because that kind of thing was happening and still happens, like, all the time mm-hmm. where these kinds of investigations are just shut down because it's yeah. like, what do you want us to do? It's Nothing like, I don't know, do. man. Maybe let us look into this racist organization. What do you think about this take? Topher Grace plays David Duke like he's David Wallace. From the office. A little bit. That's a that's a good take. <laughs> I was listening to him talk and I was like, there's a bit of like a right wing internet affectation yeah. and a little bit of that like buttoned up CFO always thinking about saying the right thing kind of thing like David Wallace has. Yeah. It's like a mix of Ben Shapiro and David Wallace. Yeah. And um, both of them bad guys. Actually. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> I don't think David Wallace is that bad. <laughs> no, David Wallace is a good guy. Um, and he had that billion dollar business idea, the suck it. That's true. Uh, can I, I, I'm going to make a quick parallel to last week's movie, Silence. Because <gasps> in that movie, we, or in that episode, we talked about how um, there were multiple characters who uh, denounced their faith of Christianity and like stepped on an image of mm-hmm. Jesus. And we were talking about how the movie makes it kind of unclear whether that's like actually really denouncing your faith or if that's just you doing something to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt kind of the same way in this movie when Adam Driver's character like goes makes an oath thing. to join the clan. Yeah. Uh, where he even has like the water splashed on him. He like says all of the things of this oath. Um, and I was watching, I was like, wow, I didn't expect him to actually, like, get, quote-unquote, indoctrinated. Yeah. Um, but then he just goes about living his life normally. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just this realization for me where I was like, oh, yeah, of course he can just say those things and then not be part of the clan. It's like when he gets the card. They get the card in the mail. Mm-hmm. And he, like, gives a, John David Washington a whole spiel about, like, I'm Jewish, but, like, I never was jewish yeah like it was just a thing i was and like how he sort of acknowledges his identity but it has like a complicated relationship with his relate religion and like what that means Mm -hmm. and he understands it and understands the dangers of it and how it's like he's taking advantage of the way he was raised and there's like so many complex things going on in that character because of like well, you can see him, like, 
start to get like have more of an internal reaction when the guys he's hanging out with are saying anti-semitic things like at the beginning he just doesn't think much of it but later it's pretty clear that he takes a bugging him yeah and i think a lot of it is that john david washington's character ron is kind of it's kind of opening him up again to like seeing this stuff and feeling this stuff whereas he had kind of closed it off as a bit of a defense thing yeah and i think it's it's adam driver's character kind of realizing and starting to sympathize and empathize with like the movement not yeah. not the clan movement but like black people yeah and, how and like with the student union and everyone just like him yeah. realizing why ron cares about it so much because mm-hmm. he's starting to care himself mm-hmm. uh and i think that's great but like the 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 silence parallel of denouncing something or in the case of black Klansmen committing to something but that not really meaning anything if you mm-hmm. don't actually live out that yeah commitment or live out that uh apostatizing yeah. it's like <laughs> um, saying something but not having it be true in your heart yeah which like when watching both movies it's tough to see them do it because you know that they don't want to but it's also this thing of like this doesn't mean anything yeah. like really like it's a logical calculation more than an emotional one. Yeah. Cause if in that room, he doesn't do this stuff, he's fucked. Yeah. So like he just kind of has to do it. Like in silence, they kind of just, if they want to stay alive, if Andrew Garfield wants these people to stop suffering, he has to do this. Yeah. Like that's the option. That's the only thing he can do. And then in this movie, if Adam Driver wants to get to the bottom of this investigation and expose these fuckers. Amen. He kind of has to. That was a f- hand on foot. <laughs> yeah, I just gave called her a foot props with my hand. That makes That's not going to make any sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like in the same way, Adam Driver kind of has to do the opposite in this movie where in order to save the investigation and save a bunch of lives... He kind of has to, quote unquote, commit mm-hmm. to the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Um, but he's obviously not actually Committed. doing that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's all just, it's a formality, truly. Mm-hmm. Just similar to In Silence, how the denunciation is, yeah. is the same. Questions. Yeah. What do you think of John David Washington as a movie star? Because we, we saw Tenet together. We did. Have you seen any other stuff he's been in? No. After Tenet, I think we were both kind of like, he's got something. Well, yeah, I think I think that he was good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the I movie, felt like the movie didn't really lend itself to showcasing him. Yeah, but it, like in all the set pieces, you're like, this guy's a fucking action star. Like yeah. it, when he's fighting through the kitchen. I remember both when we were watching that, both of us were like, oh my God. Like, yeah. It's great. You know what I would love to see him in? I'd love to see him in a Kingsman style movie mm-hmm. where it's like... Or, like, bullet train. Like, stylized action. Yeah, where it's, like, stylized, almost comedic action. Yeah. Because I do feel like he's got a level of charisma that is kind of comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't want him to... Get, I don't know if I'd want him to go, like, full action star and do, like... John a Wick Mission or something. Impossible style thing. Um, like, I feel like he's got to have a little bit of fun to Cause it. Because he has the personality and the charisma... 
to like pull yeah. it off. So like he doesn't need to go full like John Wick. It's just a physical performance. Yeah. Right? Who's who's the guy who was in uh Hamilton and then was also in uh Glass Onion? I think he also has a junior in his name. Oh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of him a little bit in the way that he's able to have a very serious tone, but like there's just a default level of charisma that he yeah. has that just makes every character They're both very that charismatic. More, yeah. So Dude, we I, should do glass onion or knives out or something. Yeah, I would love we'll to. We'll talk about that later. later. But like pod, I feel like pod. Leslie Odom Jr. has had a couple more opportunities to do that kind of a character whereas john david washington has kind of just done this tenet yeah malcolm and marie i guess which is different. malcolm and marie is kind of like like it's a covid movie it's kind of fine yeah um this is this movie is honestly the closest to like the kind of movie that i'd like to see him in mm-hmm. which is not that this is an action movie yeah. but just like Something that has a little bit of humor in it. Not even humor. Just like there's lighthearted. Like a, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I think. Because I don't know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know but what I mean. I think the I difference don't. between him and Leslie Odom Jr. is that Leslie Odom Jr. tends to go for supporting roles. Mm. Whereas John David Washington seems to be, at this point, more interested in leading roles. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought. Even though the director of Amsterdam is kind of like a piece of shit. Um, I thought maybe that could be it. It's a mystery movie. It's you got to supposed to have a twinge of comedy. Yeah. You know, he's going through this thing. He's got some pretty big co-stars to play off of and Christian Bale and Margot Robbie. But like movies, dog shit. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I thought this was going to be his big break and then it was dog shit. Well, like, yeah, you're, and I thought Tenet was going to be like also a little bigger for him, but like it had the COVID thing and then. Well, it was also, like I said, it didn't really lend itself to to letting him shine. It was more about the concept than it was about the characters. Mm -hmm. And Um, I think it's better on a rewatch, but a lot of people don't want to rewatch Tenet. Like they want to rewatch Interstellar or inception if you're that kind of person well it it felt very inception like that like tom hardy and joseph gordon levitt they were like good in those movies Mm -hmm. and like leonardo dicaprio too but like nobody thinks of inception and goes dude tom hardy is nuts in that movie yeah they just go yeah it's good yeah Mm -hmm. Like you, you see when they the been bend the buildings in and it. You see when they bend the buildings. They get the whole city and they bend it over. Um, how many other Spike Lee movies have you seen? I feel like I've seen at least one. Yeah, maybe an older one, but I'm not sure. Okay, I haven't seen a lot of movies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to I be know. honest, I like to ask you this question just in case. Yeah. Um, I think do the right thing is like you should put that in your watch list. I think you'd right. like that one. Um, the, he's so good. He's so good. It's there's almost like not a bad one. I mostly know Spike Lee from looking really sad on the New York Knicks sideline, <laughs> wearing yeah. a very bright hat, just all orange, <laughs> and, all orange and blue. Yeah, bright orange glasses. Um, what kind of undercover mission would you like to take on? 
Oh man, like like what kind of thing would I like to infiltrate? Yeah, like be a double agent. Um, and don't say a sorority house. <laughs> the 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 United States Republican Party. <laughs> Ugh, I mean, that's a good one, I guess. I, just, I was gonna say like drug like drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> Or something. <laughs> oh, um, fine. In that case, uh, probably the Clintons. Black market action figure, uh, dealing. Wait, so <laughs> you're like, oh, he said drugs because he likes to do them all the time. No, Is that I what was you were just saying? like thinking, oh, if he wants to do like infiltrate a drug ring, like I should like, follow suit and choose something that I like have in my like is a prevalent part of my life. Yeah, dude. So I was. Um, doing coke the other day. Yeah. Let me tell you, wild stuff. Wild That stuff. cocaine is. I've never done drugs like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're ready to get I to, think we're honestly ready to go. Where would you cast Adam Driver in this movie? Aside from the Adam Driver role. Yes. Um, I honestly don't think I'd cast him as any of the clan members. I don't... Seems maybe, like a bit of a waste. You know what? Maybe I'd cast him. I do think that the guy who plays the Sarge is really good, mm-hmm. but I'd probably cast him in the Sarge role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who else? I could see him as like, I don't know what the guy's name is, but like the other guy that they work with for it. Oh yeah, the guy. Who's you know how there's there. the older guy. Yeah. Who I like. I like. Him. I liked him. I, I just wish they what... said his name more than probably once offhand. Yeah. We actually we also didn't say Adam Driver's character's name, which is Flip. Flip. Well, yeah, his, his name's name Philip, and they call him Flip. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess the Sarge. I can't think of anyone else. I mean, honestly, I think. I mean, this is the case maybe for in the most Adam or the, the Alec Baldwin thing. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But uh, I just feel like this is the case for almost all these Adam Driver movies. But the best role for him is the one he's in. Yeah, he, he's ri- like so good. At I it. think in Silence, I feel I really want him to see it do the. He's, uh, sorry, but uh, it's about, the Andrew Garfield. So, but I was Bing Bong. Um, Hello. I said a Bing Bong, not Who's there? Ding Dong or Ring, Ring, because <laughs> that would be a phone. Who's there? This is your father, Sam. Sam Elliott? Is that you? I'm going to be needing you to drive in a Ford F-150 with the best torque in its class. Sam, what do you think about Power of the Dog? What? The Power of the Dog. What the fuck are you talking about? The movie with Benedict Cumberbatch where he's a cowboy. The one that you said was too gay for westerns. I haven't seen that shit. But you said it was super gay and you don't like the Did he really say that? that? He said something Sam. along the line. Said something along the lines of, very, very, very loosely paraphrasing here. Sure. He said that it was cowboys weren't as gay as they were portrayed in that movie. Sure, but like, okay, yeah. Oh, cowboys! Sam they never Elliot. learn. Sam Elliott, stick to Stars Born and Big Lebowski. <laughs> Get out of here. Stick to Stars Born and GMC, bitch. <laughs> if you got a truck. All right, where are we ranking this ah! shit? Honestly, this. Ah! 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 
You you start this time. I started with <laughs> silence. Oh wow. He's thinking. He's thinking. He's I go in his lips. Above silence. Above silence. Blue I would also say. A, a, oh, like right above silence. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I also was gonna say above silence. You still think below Shiva Baby though? Because I might put it above Shiva Baby, but would I you don't put have it above to. Lebowski. I wouldn't put it above Lebowski. I just think the. This is a different criteria than we usually use, but sure. I think that um, the Rachel Sonnet performance is just like incredible. Yeah, in that movie, and that's like her first big feature. Oh, in Shiva Baby, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love John David Washington, and I think he's great in this movie. But like, I don't know. I'm fine to put it right above Silence. I think I, it's I, right I, above Silence. Is I think good. that feels at number five, pretty good. Two number me. fives in a row. Interesting. Yeah, that doesn't really mean anything. What I just said. I mean, I guess what it does mean is that uh, thus far, at least in this month, Adam Driver's got some pretty good movies. Um, oh yeah. Oh, that's some nice Coca Cola. That's some nice Coca-Cola. He's drinking the Coca-Cola. Um, let me give you one of my characters I've been working on. Okay, Just to fill it. the time. <laughs> just to fill the time at the end of the episode that's already an hour long. Yeah, you know, we got um, we got some we got some sponsors to read. Nope. Um, Hello, love. How you doing today? Okay, name of that character? No, you have to talk have to, to me. Top you? Talk to me. Can I do a character too? Sure. Hi there. Hello, brother. How you doing today? I am doing all right. How are you? Um, oh no, my appendix is bursting. Lucky for you, I'm a doctor. Ah! We're not good at improv. (laughs) It was going fine until you went, ah! All right, Adam's so just really not good at improv, and he's kind of ruined it. So for me. to wrap up this episode, we ranked Black Klansman at number five on our list, under Shiva Baby and above Silence. Um, now, before we go, we're just gonna do this once in a while. If you like the pod, feel free to follow it on whatever service you use. Click follow. Give us a little rating, maybe even a review if you want to be extra kind. If you um, want to be my lover. I think there also might be a question in the description. Yeah, so there, so we used the uh, service Anchor yes. to uh, distribute this podcast, uh, which was acquired by Spotify somewhat recently, like within the last year. But then very recently, as in in the past week as of recording this, they completely rebranded Anchor to just be Spotify for podcasters. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's it- kind of just inserted this thing, I guess, because it looked at the genre of podcasts we are, uh-huh. which is TV and movies. Um, and it's put in a Spotify question for some of the episodes, which is just, did you like the movie? I yeah. think. Um, so if you see that, I guess you can answer. We'll see the, if someone answers, answers maybe we, we read, might it. read it if it's a good take. Um, but Keep in mind, we might read it five episodes later because of That's <laughs> us recording these in bunches. That's so I might even remove that. But uh, yeah, so we appreciate all the support and everyone listening. Hope mm-hmm. you've been liking the movies that we've been picking. We're trying to, we're entering a stage of maybe We want to create a diverse watch list for people. Yeah. And show them things that they 
maybe would rather not have seen otherwise. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't think we want to pick movies that they would rather have I'm trying not to seen. pick things that no one has ever heard of before. See, that's different. I don't want to pick movies that they wish they hadn't seen. <laughs> I, I'm trying to find a bunch of movies that you wish you could scratch out of your brain. Next week, we are doing... Marriage Story, Marriage Story, Marriage Story, Marriage Story. Do not compare me to my father. Every, Every day, day I wake up and I wish, wish you were dead. <laughs> okay, ready? Three, two, one. Every, Every day, day I wake up and I wish you were dead. dead.